0: Hi, my name is Adam Bergman, and I'm a tax partner with the IRA Financial Group. Today, we're going to discuss the self-directed IRA and tax return filing requirements. This is a really interesting topic. Uh, I believe and I get a lot of questions about this, especially now that it's very close to tax season. Uh, April 15th is approaching, and people are uh, very committed to filing taxes and asking questions how tax return prep or filing requirements apply to their self-directed IRA. You would think that an IRA is tax-exempt, so why would there be tax filing requirements? And you're generally right. If a IRA, whether it uses an LLC or not, simply generates the five most popular types of income, i.e. capital gains income, rental income, dividend income, royalty income, and interest, and those are really the five most popular passive types of Uh, income where uh, most IRAs actually generate their uh, income from, you don't have any tax return uh, filing requirements. The reason, an IRA under Section 408 is exempt from tax, and a Roth under Section 408A of the Internal Revenue Code is exempt from tax. So if you're exempt from tax, generally you don't have to file a tax return. Um, There's an exception with 401K plans who do not pay tax but still have to file information returns by way of a 5,500. But let's go back to the IRA world, which doesn't have a 5500 requirement. The IRA custodian is required on IRS Form 5498 each year to provide a value of the IRA. The new 2015 5498 forms will require the custodian to provide a little bit more information, um, i.e. about the type of investment the IRA has done or investments, but it's also going to provide a value. That is done by the IRA custodian, the institution. It's not done by the individual IRA holder or owner. So that's not really a tax return filing because it's done by the custodian, purely informational. So for your average IRA holder who's buying equities, mutual funds, ETFs, there's no tax return filing, federal or state. There's basically three ways that you're going to have to file Uh, Or pay tax and file a return with an IRA. And that is called the unrelated business taxable income rules or UBTI rules. And these rules are found under Section 512 of the Internal Revenue Code. And there are basically three main ways where your IRA is subject to tax. And it's not a personal income tax that you would pay for earning a salary with your employer on an IRS Form 1040. It's a special tax return That is solely responsible of charities like the Red Cross and also IRAs or 401Ks. And the reason is because they're both taxed under 501. They're 501-type trusts. So they're subject to certain special rules. And these rules basically surround three types of investment activity. If your IRA uses margin to buy stock, so that's number one, margin to buy stock, basically borrowing money to buy stock. Number two, you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. And again, the loan has to be non-recourse, which is essentially a loan that the individual IRA owner does not personally guarantee because if the IRA owner personally guarantees a loan, that's a prohibited transaction under IRA. Internal Revenue Code Section 4975, which is a bigger problem than paying tax. So number one, margin. Number two, a non-recourse loan for real estate. And number three, if your IRA invests in an active trader business like a restaurant or a store through an LLC or partnership. So the requirement that it be done through a pass-through entity is very important, and I get this question all the time. I buy Google stock. I own Apple stock, IBM stock, Ford stock, Hewlett-Packard stock. I never heard of this UBTI. What's the deal? And the issue is UBTI is a tax-imposed – on an IRA or charity that invests through an active business like Google or IBM, but that's held through a pass-through entity. A C-corporation is a entity separate from its shareholders. It's not a pass-through entity. It's a – think of a C-corp as like a box, and all that income gets trapped in the box. The C-corp pays tax, and any additional income or earned income revenues would be able to be dividend back to the shareholders. Whereas an LLC or partnership is a funnel, and all that income gets funneled all the way to the individual owners or, sh- or members, and there's no entity-level tax like a C-corp, simply a shareholder or member tax. So that's why when you buy Apple stock or IBM or Ford, you're not going to pay any UBTI tax because those companies, like most public companies, are C-corporations. So again, just to recap – if you use a regular IRA, whether it's through a, a Schwab or, or even a self directed IRA, and you generate either – use margin, use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, or if you invest in an active trader business like a store through a LLC or partnership, you're going to be subject to this UBTI tax. So an IRS Form 990T, as in Thomas, that's where you'd file the tax. The trust tax rates can go all the way up to – Close to 40 percent, so it's actually a bit higher than individual taxes. It follows the trust tax rates. Why? Because really an IRA is a trust. Uh, The custodian, whether it's Schwab or any other self-direct custodian, is a trustee of your IRA. So it follows the trust rules and not the personal income tax rules. Now, this UBTI tax is not paid by the individual or the IRA holder. It's paid by the IRA, and that's why it's filed on a 990T and not your personal tax return. But just to be clear, it's really only generated when you have $1,000 or more of income through three types of activities. use margin to buy stock, a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, or you invest in an active trader business like a restaurant. Someone else's restaurant can't be yours or any disqualified person's business because that could trigger a primitive transaction. But assuming you invest in a friend's restaurant and generate more than $1,000 of income from that investment, your IRA will be subject to this UBTI tax which is close to 40% um, and something that is filed on a 992, due April 15th. So when it comes to tax returns, generally the self-record IRA, if you're generating the most popular types of categories of income like rental income, capital gains, uh, dividends, interest, royalties, you don't have to worry about taxes, nothing you have to worry about. But if your investment, especially on the self-directed IRA world, or even if you're investing in private equity or hedge funds or venture capital and there's a use of margin or non-recourse loan to buy real estate, for example, or your venture capital firms buying startups that are through an LLC or partnership, you may have UBTI and may have to follow 990T. Again, something that is important to work with tax professionals to make sure that you are satisfying all tax return requirements for your IRA and paying all necessary taxes. That's really – when it comes to the IRA world, Those the 990T, the UBTI tax is really the only tax that could apply to an IRA. Um, When you use an LLC – so if you use checkbook control and use an LLC – Even though there may not be any tax due, there could be a tax return filing or an annual report fee due. So using an LLC to make investments through an IRA potentially could require you to have uh, additional tax filing requirements. Now let's break down the LLC world into single-member LLCs and multiple-member LLCs. A single-member LLC is basically an LLC or limited liability company owned by one IRA. So it's your, your... traditional situation where you have an IRA that owns 100% of the LLC, IRA funds the LLC, LLC makes the investment. A single-member LLC is treated as a disregard entity for tax purposes, which what means basically from a tax standpoint, the LLC is ignored, it's kind of an invisible entity. The LLC is there from a corporate standpoint, so you have limited liability protection, you get some corporate protection, but from a tax standpoint, it's like the IRA owns it, it's the asset itself. So a single-member LLC does not follow a tax return, which is great because if you use the LLC in the checkbook control environment to make investments, you don't have to deal with an LLC from a federal income tax standpoint. It saves you time and money, which is wonderful. Now, most states follow uh, the same approach. If you're a single-member LLC, you don't have to file a state tax return for that LLC. Now, there are several exceptions like California – you have to file a franchise return even if it's a single-member LLC. Texas, for example, has a, a business tax uh, franchise fee uh, or return, uh, I should say, that's required. There's an exemption if you have less than a million dollars in revenues for that LLC, but you still have to file the return. Most states will require the LLC to file a, a annual report, either online or, or paper format. It's not really a return. It's really just a way for the states to make a little bit of money and, and require you to pay a fee to keep your LLC in good standing. So I really don't want to call that a tax return because um, they're not asking for salient information about the LLC. Um, but some states like California and Texas do ask for some – Pennsylvania as well, actually, for some more uh, complex franchise fee uh, uh, return information. So from a single-member LLC disregarded at any standpoint, no federal income tax return for the LLC – Again, why? It's true as a disregarded entity for tax purposes. The LLC doesn't pay taxes. We look to the owner. The owner is not an individual. right? You don't own this LLC or IRA does. IRAs don't pay tax under 408 and 408A. So an IRA doesn't file a 1040, thus no tax return. We know if you, an individual, owned an LLC for whatever purpose, you would report the income on a Schedule C of your 1040 income tax return. But IRAs don't file 1040s because IRAs aren't individuals. So in this case, it's, it's kind of uh, uh, an interesting scenario and a situation, very unique, where in a single-member LLC case, the IRA doesn't violate a tax return. Uh, most states follow suit. There are certain exceptions for franchise fees, as I mentioned. Now let's talk about a multiple-member LLC, partnership for tax purposes. A Multiple-member LLC is an LLC in the IRA world that's owned by two or more IRAs. So if you have a Roth and a traditional IRA, or you and your friend each have an IRA and own an LLC together, that LLC is treated as a partnership. It has to follow an IRS Form 1065, a partnership tax return due April 15th. So unlike a single-member LLC, which has no federal income tax return requirements, a partnership does. It has to file a partnership return 1065, IRS Form 1065, due April 15th. Now, again, no tax is due at the partnership level from a federal income tax standpoint because partnerships don't pay tax. LLC single-member LLCs don't pay tax. When it comes to an LLC, the individual or corporate owners would pay the tax. Remember, unlike a C corporation where the corporation has to pay corporate income tax, LLCs, the entity does not pay tax. The individuals do or the, or the owners should. But we know in this case IRAs don't pay tax. So a partnership does have to file a tax return. The IRAs, ultimately that income flows to the IRAs, but the IRAs don't pay tax because the IRAs are exempt from tax. So single-member LLCs, no federal income tax return. Partnership LLC on my two IRAs have to file a 1065 tax return. Generally no taxes due. The K-1s, which are the individual member information uh, reports, would go to the custodian and one to the uh, – IRA holder, but no taxes generally due. How is tax triggered? Again, generally only UBTI, unrelated business taxable income, three ways, margin, non-recourse loan, and investing in an active trader business held through an LLC or partnership. Those are generally the only three ways that you're going to pay tax on IRA income. Now, again, you may have to file a return in the case of a partnership, an LLC owned by two or more IRAs, making an investment. There, a partnership return has to be filed. No taxes due, but a partnership return has to be filed. Single-member LLC, generally no federal income tax return. Most states don't require a single-member LLC to file a tax return. There are exceptions for certain states like California, Texas, that have franchise fee returns. Um, other states may as well. You should sur- certainly speak to a tax professional in, in your state to get more guidance. But in overall, from a general standpoint, running and operating an IRA is very uh, simple. Uh, it's more important to actually worry about prohibited transaction and disqualified person rules than, than tax return filing requirements. However, if you are going to use margin, a non-recourse loan, or invest in a non-disqualified person's trader business as an owner, then you need to be concerned about the unrelated business taxable income rules, UBTI. It follows the trust tax rules tax rate can go up to close to 40% following the trust um, rates. Very important to keep that in mind. There's a tax return, 990-T as in Thomas, due April 15th. IRA must pay the tax and file it if there is UBTI income in excess of $1,000. Um, overall, again, most most cases, there's no tax return filings, whether you're doing an IRA or a checkbook control IRA. Exceptions, if you trigger UBTI through margin, Non-recourse loan, investing in active trader business, you've got to follow 990T, pay tax, income over a thousand bucks, net income. Or if you are a multiple member LLC, you have to follow 1065 partnership return. K1 needs to be issued to the IRA holder and to the custodian. Generally no taxes due. Also state returns due, information returns, generally no tax because partnerships don't pay tax, the individual or corporate owners do. However, in this case, we know the IRA is the owner and not individual or corporation. So there's generally no tax because IRAs are exempt from tax aside from UBTI. Uh, I hope everyone found this helpful, especially with tax season quickly approaching. If you have questions, please visit www.irafinancialgroup.com. i com. Adam Bergman. You can always email me at adamb at com. That's A-D-A-M, B as in boy, at irafinancialgroup.com. You can try me at 800-472-0646, extension 12, 800-472-0646, extension 12. Hope you enjoyed this podcast titled Self-Directed IRA and Tax Filing Requirements, and I appreciate everyone who listened. Thanks again.